dead end. Damn! Where are you, stupid blue dragon? He's nearby. It doesn't add up. I'm sure he knows I'm here. Why won't he show himself? Probably because he thinks you're annoying. Shush! <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Evangelina, back uh, for another episode where we go over all things Yona, me and my ignorant self who has never read or watched before, and my lovely co-host who provides the contrast to my ignorance. Um, I'm Alex, <laughs> I wish you would not int- uh, intro to yourself that way, that was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i didn't yeah, need it to be but, but yeah no it's fun well sometimes it's fun i complain all the time about it not being fun because i can't spoil myself but it's refreshing and a change of pace for me to not know everything go again but you are having fun i am having fun okay good <laughs> I was talking about the podcast to my boss this week. He has a very interesting quirk where he like really likes to ask questions and I can't tell if it's genuine or not, (laughs) but he was very interested in our podcast. And so I was telling him, I was like, I've forced Evangelina into this. And I think she thinks it's just okay right now, but I promise she'll love it. And he was like, I'm like, well, a few things. (laughs) I wouldn't have drug you into this if I didn't know that you would like it. So I'm glad to hear you're already not hating it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Speaking of having read everything, I am up to date. I just read 211. Ooh, so good. One of the best chapters in like a long while. Delightful. Really excited for this next little bit. Um, And also kind of applies now because I am pretty excited for this next little run. Uh, So let's get into it with chapter 20, The Tunnel Dwellers. Last chapter, we left off outside the village carved into the side of the mountains. Gija is super ready to collect the dragons, and he is positive that the blue dragon is inside, so he marches right in. Hawk is kind of cool with it, but Yoon says, oh, last time I barged into an unfamiliar place, I got locked in a cage, so maybe we should slow down. Mm-hmm. And Yoon is the only valid person in that group. He's the only one with the brain cell. <laughs> yeah. Um, this village is actually pretty cool looking if terrifying but like it's a cool idea just kind of carved yeah. into the side of a mountain with giant yeah. like, caverns and and you know hallways and things i couldn't quite decide what to call them they're not hallways but they're not caverns either because caverns end so just like tunnels <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's the name of the chapter and i couldn't think of the word tunnel <laughs> okay i never would have called you on that because i always i don't even pay attention well no i read the chapter titles but then i eternal sunshine them immediately even after you (laughs) announce them i eternal sunshine them (laughs) so it's okay we're both stupid this just in i don't have a brain (laughs) (laughs) Yoon has the entire brain cell 
Uh, Even for us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, they're walking through a tunnel. And then they meet the villagers for the first time. And this old man kind of comes out from behind a hanging tapestry and asks what they're doing. He should demands they bring the blue dragon out. But the old man insists that no one that goes by that name lives there. He says they're just a little insignificant village full of people who fled the quote-unquote many wars of the fire tribe. I love that Gija doesn't know how to act. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I love that Gija really doesn't know how to act right in this (laughs) section. He's literally just like, just shows up and is like, I demand to be taken to the dragon. And Yoon is like, buddy. (laughs) You need to finesse it. You can't just like. Uh. Yeah, it's perfect because he's never been outside of his own village. And in his village, he's revered as like. basically. Yeah, God. he's so. used to being catered to. So, yeah, the of idea that people just roll up and swing his dick around a little bit. Be like, hey, I'm the biggest, baddest. Everybody's like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's delightful. As the man talks, we see two people in absolutely terrifying masks peek out from behind the tapestry at Yona and the team. These masks are nightmare fuel. They're so scary. This whole chapter, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but like the scariest scene that has happened thus far in this series is in this chapter. Yeah, I think these more than almost anything else is like straight up horror. It's great. There's some good like moodiness. A little bit undercut because it's a comedy, so like I get why they had to do it. But if they had leaned fully into the horror, I feel like I would have like <laughs> actually gotten chills. Okay, Gija is ready to argue the topic more because he doesn't know how to act. You're right, <laughs> <laughs> but Yona says you're right. We must be mistaken, but we are exhausted and injured. Can we stay the night and rest up? She gestures to Hawk as an example of being injured, and he pulls his robes apart. And in my notes, I have in clear fan service, and then I watched the anime, and they literally said, like, <laughs> or yeah. either Hawk or it was the arrows pointing to him. And it, it was, was the like, arrows, and it said, yeah, it says, here's a sexy shot just for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, it's clearly fan service. Um, and... <laughs> I love that Hawk just sort of accepts this. He's like, I know what you're doing and I will do this for you. <laughs> yes, I love that he's just like literally titties out for Yona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But his titties are wrapped up like a mummy, so it's not exactly sexy. And I appreciate that even more. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> we see the pectorals. It's enough. <laughs> we see a dip in the collar the muscle yes <laughs> the muscles are there <laughs> the man agrees to let them stay though he says that he can't offer them much yona finally asks about the masks and the man says it's a local custom those who are unmarried may not show their faces publicly which i thought was super interesting because there's a similar thing in um in tonga uh, when in, in specific dances, like young women can do the taolunga, but they have to specifically be unmarried women. The idea is that they're unmarried virgins <laughs> um, for just 
horrifying old patriarchal reasons, but I won't get into it because, you know, you probably already know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so they, they should be young virgins. Uh, but I think in recent years, they have kind of relaxed their rules because I know that we also did a Taolunga with um, one of the married women in the group ahead of mine. But the rule for married women is that, okay, so like the Taolunga dance um, outfit is that they take tapa, which is like a, a, a woven mat, and they will wrap it around your body from like just under your armpits. So like a a tube top basically like strapless and then it would end like mid thigh and yeah they would just wrap it around you and then like cinch it at your waist with a rope surprisingly it stayed up i was very surprised by that but (laughs) never (laughs) never had an issue so thank god for that (laughs) um but yeah so that was that was the outfit but then for married women they would have to wear a it was nicer than that. I guess it was like a blouse, like a custom blouse, but it was basically a t-shirt where they like covered their shoulders and and upper arms. And that was how they signaled that they were married and not virgin. (laughs) Interesting that the, the ones who have already been de-virginized are the ones that have to cover up more. Isn't it? I thought that was weird too. But no, I guess they're just like, you have to be modest now that you're a mother, basically. Like, because mm-hmm. you're married, so you're going to be a mom. I'm sorry. That was a really shitty comment. <laughs> I, love, I love Tonga, and I don't mean to to um, say anything shitty against them. This is mostly like a global issue of, like, patriarchy basically ruling a, a lot of countries. So, yeah, um, it's my problem with patriarchy and not tongan culture yeah it's like you should only cover up or be made to cover up if you know you want to exactly cover up if you want to show tits if you want to like go hog wild who cares i don't know why people are so fucking weird about bodies (laughs) yeah speaking of speaking of do you think like there's ever a situation in this village where like you know your nose itches and you just kind of take off your mask for a second to itch it and then somebody like an elder walks around and then thinks you're a total whore because your mask is off (laughs) who have you slept with (laughs) (laughs) yeah like maybe like maybe that's part of the vernacular even like she's a total hussy she's shown her face to everyone like ooh, i love that just saying (laughs) implications you can run wild with them (laughs) <laughs> the implication yeah i don't know we don't we don't know at this point i don't think we ever know but um yeah a fascinating <laughs> like, that was a really cool like cultural thing that they decided to do mm-hmm. yona thinks so too she's like oh that's interesting and the guy's like yeah everybody says that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so after the man explains the masks, he says, oh, one more thing. The caverns are labyrinths. Do try to stay put. We won't be responsible for anything that happens to you. Which is horrifying. Horrifying. (laughs) Can you imagine showing up to an Airbnb and having them be like, oh, you might want to stay in tonight. We don't know what's out in that (laughs) cornfield. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) 
be like, absolutely not. No, thank you. Actually, that's a lie because I'm white. So I'd be like, ooh, that's interesting. I was going to say, I'm like, you absolutely would be waking us up at midnight to be like, please, let's go out into the cornfields. <laughs> we got to sit in front of the window and watch. I want to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, revisionist history with my own uh, my own impulses. <laughs> okay (laughs) once left alone they immediately break the rules and wander off so they're my people yoon swears it's okay because he's a genius pretty boy as he's wont to do uh he wants to explore the map explore the area and map it out to figure out like what's going on down there hawk wants to snoop and he gets yona really <laughs> excited and on board in a very cute scene and then Geisha's also like super on board because he's with yona but he's a little kind of confused about confused it. yeah i just love yeah find treasure snoop in every pot and drawer and then the rest of them are like snooping and Geisha's just like yeah fist also in the air doesn't really know what's going on but he's here for it I also appreciate the idea of just wandering around and going through every nook and cranny and finding treasure is very video game character of them as someone who's gotten back into playing Skyrim where you literally go through like every drawer and just like on the off chance that there's like one piece of gold or something in there. Uh, And then they they have the cute little video game shot. It's more prominent in the anime of them, like, little, like, Dig Dug characters. Just, like, going through the tunnels. Beep, beep, boop, beep, boop. Like, it's super cute. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I really liked that in the anime, too. Very cute before the creepiness. (laughs) That's true. It's a cute reprieve before terrible shit happens. So, yeah, they're just... They're an incredibly chaotic group of people, and I'm here for it. They're delightful to watch. Um, oh, also, I really lo- <laughs> I loved the reminder in the corner of the snooping panel that says, but their goal is finding the blue dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're getting a little off track here, guys, right but it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. They're teenagers. You can't be expected as teenagers to stay on task every minute of the day. It's true. Side quests. yeah uh so they reach a dead end after a while when they're wandering around snooping slash mapping while yoon updates his map gija wonders why the blue dragon isn't showing himself because surely he can sense gija right back hawk of course suggests it's because he doesn't want to meet (laughs) gija he's so shitty (laughs) yona uh takes it seriously though and she wonders if maybe the blue dragon doesn't want to be found and maybe they should just leave him alone because she's an actual angel too perfect for this world gija is not about this and he says that she's their destiny the blue dragon and this is where i broke down because because i said god i can't wait for him to get a name so i can shorten that it was a lot to type out every time Uh, So, yeah, so the blue dragon is waiting for his master, just like Geisha. He says, we have no other desire, which is kind of heavy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just like Press said last week. He's like, kind of intense dude. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of also seems like he's having an existential crisis at the thought of somebody else being in his shoes and choosing a different path. 
It's yeah. definitely, as we talked a few weeks ago about Yona having trouble seeing views of people or like figuring out that there's a world outside of her own. He's having the same issue where he's like, but of course this is all we were born for. And he just doesn't understand until he meets someone else outside of his little village where he's like, Oh, there are other people with other thoughts in the world. <laughs> cool. Continuing our Gija and Yona parallels. Uh, yep. So you, Yona interrupts Gija and she reminds him that she's not actually the Crimson Dragon. And he looks shocked and then a little sad. And he says, right. And thinks, but I thought you were. That's kind of sad. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Like, he's certain that she is. She's Yeah. I just think it's. I think it'll be interesting to see what it'll take for her to finally accept that that's who she is. Yeah, that would be wild if this was all a giant misdirect. But <laughs> but I think it's pretty if clear. It's actually you it's and that's her. the Crimson Dragon King. Oh my god, <laughs> plot twist. So yeah, I definitely think she is. I just think that there needs to be some sort of impactful event in the future that'll make her finally realize. So I do think it's a lot. Um, I mean, right now she's already struggling with this idea of I'm not who they're looking for, but I'm still using them. But how much even more of a burden would it be to actually be their leader and just have four people who's in it plus Hawk, who's also just as devoted uh, all these people whose sole purpose in life is just what your wishes are. Like, oh my God. Like, we were just talking about this before the podcast where we were talking about career goals and whatnot. And I mentioned how uh, we both agreed we never want to be like supervisors. We never want people, we don't want to be responsible for other people under us <laughs> uh, job wise because uh, it's a lot. So, yeah, Yona's in that situation where. She's going to have to be, which like, to be fair, as a monarch, she would have had to anyway, but it's a little different when you have people who are biologically wired. True. Um, I don't know. I don't think this is ever mentioned in canon, but I've read it in a few fan fiction, a few fan fiction. Oh, my God. A few fics that I read <laughs> um, where... Uh, it's mentioned that if she had stayed the course and none of the betrayal and subsequent exile had ever happened, she would have married and that person would have been on the throne and he would have taken over and she would have continued on being this naive, like, girl. Like ornament. Gotcha. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting way to put it where, like, maybe she wouldn't have actually had to lead anybody. She would have just been, like, I mean... Other than, like, servants or things like that. Yeah, just like a trophy wife sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. She would have let gotcha. somebody else take care of all the thinking. <laughs> gotcha. Well, there you go. So it's even more daunting if she yeah, didn't even so have that responsibility. Yeah, she's an interesting girl. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So she tells Gija, Crimson Dragon or not, I still want your help. 
sorry for being so selfish. And then she smiles adorably, and Gija is absolutely incapable of handling how cute she is. It's an mm-hmm. adorable scene. Uh, and then it's not adorable, because Yun suddenly looks freaked out, and he says that they should head back. He has a bad feeling about this place, and they are definitely being watched. Yes, and then you just have that panel where they're surrounded by eyes, which... They did this a little bit before in the first chapter where she was being stalked and you uh-huh. just saw that one eye in the darkness. So that the, the way that this has come back uh, as just a hunter of sorts or multiple hunters just watching you and you being prey that's being stalked. It's just, ah, nightmare fuel for days. Absolutely. I didn't make the connection with the first chapter. That's interesting. I could not get that panel out of my head, so (laughs) I still remember it. Yeah, I think I mention it later in my notes, but it is interesting how they deal with um, eyes and eyes being bad in Mm -hmm. these chapters and, like, dangerous. Um, And... Then when we get the flashbacks with Lil Blue Dragon and his eyes are always covered until they're not in that last panel and he like knocks out a whole bunch of soldiers and he's like, oh shit, this is not a good power. (laughs) And that's like Mm -hmm. the only time we see his eyes. Um, So yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool that basically the only time you see eyes in these chapters are either the, the group, which we know are good but everybody outside of them, the only time you see eyes are like <laughs> bad people who are out to do bad things to you. <laughs> like when mm-hmm. uh, Yono follows that guy down to the depths and he turns around and you just only see his eyes. And then like that one eye. Eyes. Yeah. 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 So I thought it was cool and super like well done and interesting. Me too. Uh, also, I wondered if maybe this is kind of a remnant of Yoon's feral days. He always had to have his head on a swivel, so he got a keen sense of people hiding but looking at him. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know why he's the only one to notice this. <laughs> yeah, you would think Hawk would be a little more on it. You would think. So I think maybe he's just like, okay, <laughs> constant vigilance. We gotta keep an eye out. <laughs> I mean, he did notice it, I guess, because... Yeah, I mean, Hawk noticed it, too. I guess he just didn't think it was that big a deal. Because he, he, I think he, he says that it's probably just the villagers have found them, and they should probably head back anyway, because they're not allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is when Yona gets a little distracted by... I'm so sorry. I'm going to call her Owl. <laughs> she has two names, and one of them is a little noise she makes. <laughs> but I can't say the noise, because I feel absolutely ridiculous (laughs) so she gets distracted by the unnamed squirrel that we'll eventually come to know as owl my little squirrel i've been waiting for her was it everything you dreamed it would be yes she was cute as fuck although i must say yona is really relying on her disney princess powers here because can you imagine just picking up a stray squirrel you found yeah (laughs) that's rabies (laughs) i knew you were going to comment on that too i don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast yet guys but rabies (laughs) is like alex's top three fears 
There's no (laughs) cure. It should be yours too. (laughs) (laughs) We've, yeah, it, for some reason, fear of rabies is very prominent in her life. So the idea of going up to a rodent and touching it would be a no-go to her. Yeah, Yona's just straight up like, oh my god, you're so cute, and like bodily lips. <laughs> <laughs> and Owl, of course, loves the attention. Yes. They have her little lady. Um, yeah, so she sees she sees Owl because she uh, pressed uh, against the wall, and the little thing, there's like a little uh, square that uh, indents and opens a wall, like a, a hidden staircase situation. And so she kind of, she wanders in, gets distracted by Owl, and then the thing closes behind her, and she is um, separated from her group. I did think it was cute when she, the first time she picks up Owl, she turns around and immediately says, Hawk, look, because she wants to share how cute it is. Mm-hmm. And then she turns around, it's, the door shut again, and she's all alone. And then Owl leaps away, and <laughs> looks like she just fucking abandons her. <laughs> she's like, well, now that I lured you in here, Bye. <laughs> which she doesn't she was going to get the blue dragon but it's still funny the way (laughs) the way that it looks (laughs) um so yona starts freaking out and she doesn't know what to do and it might have just been in the anime i don't remember if it shows up in the manga but i do like that she calls out for hawk immediately she's like i can't handle this i don't want to handle this hawk is my protector and like he's the one i Mm -hmm. trust completely and then, I mean, she calls out for the other two, but I do like that her immediate instinct is like, I'm in trouble. Hawk's got to be here. Because mm-hmm. they're cute. Um, and also stakes. She's not strong enough to fight back and she's still kind of kind of like a weakling little princess and she falls back on just being scared and not being able to act. And I like that that is a constant because she hasn't grown too quickly. It's an obvious progression of where she is. Yes. Love it. It's good writing. (laughs) This is when a man, all in shadow, with no mask, uh, walks up to her and asks her if she's lost. He offers to take her back to her friends, and she gratefully agrees. He tells her that she was warned against wandering, and she says she knows what she was looking for, and the man cuts her off and says, the blue dragon. Then he tells her that there's no such person. She asks as they're going towards someone's chambers, and the man starts repeating, there isn't anyone. Which is horrifying. So scary. Everything about this, uh, which is, first of all, the idea, you're, you're in the dark. You're already scared because you uh, you're in the dark. You're, you've been separated from the group. You have no idea where you're going. And just the idea of going deeper underground is being pulled along by the hand by a random stranger yes and then there's also something i think extra horrifying of being lured into a situation because he's not Mm. i i mean we as the audience are kind of immediately like oh this isn't a good situation but it takes her a minute because at first she does blindly trust him when he like he asks her give me your hand And she offers it up like, you know, like the trusting girl that she is. So just this idea of thinking someone is good, their intentions are good. And then reaching a point where you're like, oh, that oh shit moment of Mm -hmm. I completely misjudged the situation and you don't necessarily have a way out of it. 
is the scariest thing for me. Yeah, agreed. And also, it's the same, like, that that turn here where she realizes, oh, shit. And then earlier when Yuna's like, something doesn't feel right here. There is nothing scarier to me than when a character in a movie or a book or something says something's wrong. I don't know why, but that phrase in particular scares the shit out of me. And it's the same sort of feeling here where like, they're both just like, something's wrong here. Something's off and they don't know what it is yet. And that fear of the unknown. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So scary. Very good horror. (laughs) Yeah. In my notes I have, I would be in a ball on the floor. Bye. (laughs) Just like not be able to function anymore. So Yeah. So she realizes something's wrong and the man turns back and uh, just his creepy eyes are lit up and everything else is. Yeah, you just see, yeah, the one creepy eye because at this point she's like, I don't think this is the way back to my friends. And the anime, I think she mentions like, why are we going deeper underground? Like, ugh, (laughs) it's so bad. Yeah. So Yona tries pulling away from the man, but he holds onto her wrist Oh, I I brought it up too early. This is where she starts yelling for Hawk. But another dude shows up. And it's your boy. It's Masked Boy. It's my boy. Feral boy. (laughs) Uh, So was he everything you wanted him to be? What are your initial impressions of Mask Guy? Um, his backstory, which we'll go over in the next chapter, is way more tragic than I would have expected. Yeah. But I, I do think he's going to be a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. And I do, uh, again, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I do like the immediate contrast we get between him and Gija. Gija, who looks very clean and cut and, you know, prim and proper, uh, grew up revered, versus our blue dragon, who looks very wild. And whereas Gija was revered and honored for his power, as we find out with the blue dragon, his is considered a curse and he was ostracized for it. So they're at completely opposite ends. And I think that's a lot of great fun stuff to play with. Yeah. And also I didn't notice that contrast because I'm stupid. So I'm glad. (laughs) Okay. I'm not stupid. I just don't really care about the dragon. I mean, I didn't, in my first watch, I didn't really care about the dragon, so I didn't, like, look into parallels and, and kind of comparisons and contrasts. So I'm glad you pointed that out, because I actually didn't really look that closely into it. But that's really interesting, where he is, like, this super scraggly, feral boy who's been shunned by his village. And mm-hmm. Geisha's definitely not that. <laughs> yeah, but just, like, like, but from the get-go, you know he's a hero, because he, he um, saves Yona from this creep. That's true. Although I remember on my first watch, I actually didn't know because I was like, what the fuck, Yona? This is the exact same situation you were just in. You trusted that guy and now you're trusting this guy. And I know it's like (laughs) supernaturally hardwired. She's like, I don't know. He just feels trustworthy. But I'm like, girl. (laughs) So on my first watch, I I didn't know who it was. And I was (laughs) like, stupid because he's in all blue like why the fuck wouldn't i know who he He is he has the good vibes the other guy's vibes were disgusting (laughs) they were rancid (laughs) uh fine 
Yeah, he has good vibes, but also I had trouble. <laughs> I had trouble believing it because I was like, "This is this is just like a repeat of what just happened. What makes this different?" So I guess that's why she literally says out loud, "Like this is different." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, when Mesca shows up, Scary Dude absolutely like runs off, terrified of the Blue Dragon. So it's a good hint towards what's coming. Like, people don't like him in his village. Uh, she notes that Owl is on his shoulder, and he has bells on his mask, which come up later. She wonders if he lives down there and thinks, I'm not scared of him at all. <laughs> yeah, I also had a problem with it when I was reading it, because my next note is, her fear tolerance is way imbalanced. It's justified here, but girl, look out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get better about that. Uh, so she thinks he might be the dragon, but thought is cut off by them making it back to Hawk, Yoon, and Gija. Hawk sighs like, he, like she just took 20 years off of his life. And Yoon yells at her and calls her stupid. It is a very cute reunion. Meanwhile, Gija is not being reunited with her because he is standing shocked looking at the blue dragon because that's him. Uh, and then he runs off before Gisha can say anything. And the last line of the chapter is uh, the reveal that he's the one that they're looking for. And now everybody knows it. And then chapter 21 is the blindfolded dragon, which actually got me a little bit on this read. I mean, I didn't quite tear up, but there was like mistiness. There was there was a hint of tears. It was a very, very sad <laughs> chapter. So fucking sad. Holy fuck. I think even worse with the anime because we have an actual like cute little child voice saying these tragic things and it's just like ah yeah it was a little unbearable in a good way it was like unbearably sad it wasn't because it was annoying mm -hmm. this poor baby boy he's like four during this shit shouldn't he happen is. to four year olds Okay, so the chapter opens with 18 years ago in Earth Tribe Lands at the mountains near the border in the village of the Blue Dragon, a new monster is born, which is a cool way to open. <laughs> like, that's a cool mm -hmm. line. So he is officially the same age as Hawk. He's 18, which leaves Gija as the oldest at 20 and Yoon as the youngest. Unlike the White Dragon Village, these people are devastated to learn that a new dragon has been born, like you were talking about. It's not a celebration. Uh, his mom actually even killed herself because she gave birth to what she calls a cursed child. Yeah. It's Rough. fucking dark. Um, you know, Although okay, I think so that's a common... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's a common trope, though. Like, I know... Magnus Bane, um, and I can't remember the name of the actual because I, I mainly just watched Shadowhunters. I didn't read the books, so I can't remember what the books were called. But Magnus Bane, the same thing. His mother committed suicide when he was very young because she'd given birth to a warlock who was, you know, demon, half demon blood. And I cannot think of the other example, but I know I've seen it in some other place too. So I think that is a a common tragic backstory of a monstrous child that not even a mother could love. Oh, it might yeah. be Phantom of the Opera that I'm thinking of. Hmm. That's a possibility. Uh, I know that it is also a trope in Fruits Basket. 
Keo is uh, the cursed one. He is the like outsider meant to grow up and be imprisoned as like this character or this this person for everybody else to look down on because everybody is cursed, but at least they're not like as bad as him. Mm-hmm. So as this sort of scapegoat for the the cursed people of the Soma family, his his mom killed himself or killed herself. I want to say like right in front of him. It was really fucking dark mm. um, because he was this cursed little baby. Uh, but that's what he thinks. And then eventually, okay. So like fruits, basket spoilers, if you haven't watched the third season or you don't know what happens and you don't want to skip ahead, but, um, yeah, he finds out that his dad was also abusing her at home. So it wasn't completely his fault. And also he was fucking four years old. So it's not his fault. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he always carried the shame of like, my mom killed herself because she couldn't handle me as a child. But really it was just because his dad couldn't handle him as a child. And so he took all of his anger and frustration out on the mom who in turn sort of internalized it and couldn't take it anymore and jumped in front of a train. So, um, yes, it is a trope, but also never gets easier because holy never shit, gets easier. So oh my sad. god. And then we see him, the absolute baby of a boy. He's all wrapped up in a little tiny mask. It's so yes. cute. And he looks he real cute, but he po- Oh, just that he says like his first memory was darkness again so sad because they immediately had to put the mask on him before he anybody saw his eyes because they were afraid of it even though he didn't have powers yet they were just like but what if he gets them and we are not ready for it so yeah his first memories are darkness holy shit this is so sad yeah so we also get the the information that uh according to the village laws the blue dragon will take in and take care of the baby so it's fine that the dad's not there and the mom killed herself because they weren't going to look after this child anyway he was going to be ostracized with the other blue dragon so then the story skips ahead four years he's uh just a little guy trying to play with the other kids in the village but they run away from him in terror Ow, the current blue dragon and his adopted dad and sort of mentor drags him back to their hut and tells him not to go outside. The people in the village don't want anything to do with him and he will never make friends. So this is where I decided shorten little blue dragon to LBD because I was tired of writing it out. (laughs) So we're just going (laughs) to call him LBD from now on. Um, But... LBD asks why people are so scared of them, meaning him and Owl. And he asks, is the blue dragon's power evil? Owl says, they say that anyone who sees the blue dragon's eyes turn to stone. While that isn't true, the people of the village believe it. What is true is that their eyes can paralyze people who see them. And occasionally the people's hearts give out. He says, either way, it's an unsettling power. I mean, I think that's kind of understated, but yeah. Yeah. Obviously, as a four-year-old, that absolutely freaks LBD out. Al starts yelling at him to not cry, which freaks him out even more, which is kind of funny when they really play up the humor in the anime, but also really sad still. (laughs) Yeah. 
LBD worries that he's cursed, and Alice says, yeah, you're cursed by the blue dragon. Who cares about some ancient power? Why does it have to cling to this village? Uh, so, yeah, he also believes this power is not a gift. Yes. LBD interrupts his tirade to alert Owl that bad people are coming. Owl goes out to investigate, and LBD reveals that Owl's eyesight seems to be getting weaker while his was getting stronger, like he was absorbing the power. The bad guys that LBD saw had come to the village to see if the rumors about the dragon were true, and if so, they'd like to capture the dragon and sell him. Owl shows up like an absolute badass with a tiny baby boy at his side, and he says, oh, am I so valuable? Unfortunately for you, I'm nothing but an ordinary swordsman. I won't use any strange powers. You who threaten our village, your lives were short-lived. Enjoy your next ones. <laughs> Whoa! What a cool intro! I would let this man do unspeakable things to me. <laughs> I know you would. He did look kind of hot, too, I must say. With his, like, war paint and his long, flowy locks and slender frame he was really hot i must say i was kind of turned out just because of how harsh he was being with the child but that aside he can get it al can get it yeah i i was not turned off by how harsh she was because i'm a terrible person and i don't actually like kids but i was into the like small moments of kindness because he really did love the little, he he loves the little blue, blue dragon he does, we find out. How tells LBD that he needs to learn how to use a sword, and LBD why, asks why they can't just use their eye power. Owl tells him that he'll teach LBD to control his eyes, but he was, must never use them because they're cursed. He says if LBD uses his eyes, he'll become just as paralyzed as the people he paralyzes. It's a double-edged sword, because Owl loves his swords. Owl tells him that he'll always be hated no matter what even if he uses his powers or not. But people will target him because of his... Oh my God, I read that so wrong. Let me try that again. (laughs) (laughs) Owl tells him he'll always be hated, no matter if he uses his power or not, but people will target him because of his eyes regardless. LBD asks, if I don't use my eyes and I protect the village with the sword, will I be able to make friends? That's all he wants. So sad. Baby boy. He just wants friends. That's one of the most tragic things. Like, if people are like, I just want, like, a boy to like me or a girl to like me. Like, okay, whatever. People, sure, that's that's sympathetic, of course. But, like, people who don't have friends and are like, I just want one person to like me. Like, that one gets me. (laughs) It does make me really happy that he'll be joining the group soon because Yona is the best friend that you can possibly have. Oh, she's an angel. Yeah. It's going to be nice uh, to see them interact. They have my favorite relationship. Her and the dragons. Like, the blue dragon and Yona are my favorites. So, yeah. You're on the right track of being excited to see them, at least in my humble opinion. Um, So Owl says, uh, yeah, so about him being able to make friends, Owl says, no, of course not. And he walks off. LVD begs him to wait and he trips running after him. And just when you think Owl is an absolute, like, irredeemable asshole, he quietly holds out his hand for the blue dragon to come up and hold. 
and LBT's smile is so cute. He's like, yay, not everyone hates me. His older version of himself narrates this next part, and he says, Ao taught me how to use his sword. He taught me to use the power of my eyes. He was strict, but he kept on getting weaker. We cut to Ao being overpowered by some bad guys. They run away when they see LBD. I don't know if you were confused by this, but I thought when they ran away, I was like, oh, they know who that is. So they are probably part of the village and they're just like cannibalizing their own because they're like, we don't want this power in our village anymore. So they're out to kill the blue dragon. Um, but then I think. Uh, I think they're not because they don't have none of them have masks, I don't think. Right. Right. They didn't have masks. And I, something that one of them mentions, it, may, it might be the blue dragon, it implies that they were part of the group from earlier that had attacked from the Earth tribe that was trying to kidnap the blue dragon. Mm. But then I'm not sure why they ran so freaked out by a little boy. Don't know. Okay. guess it doesn't matter. But when, <laughs> when I first read this, I was like, Ooh, are they part of the village? Are they like turning on him now that he's getting weaker? And they're like, yeah, we can finally kill him. Like, it was dark. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened, but I kind of wish it had. <laughs> <laughs> so then this is when Owl realizes that he's absolutely blind. Like he's, he can't see anything and he is intensely happy about it. He says, yes, finally I can die. My power is gone at last. My body has gone numb. I'm free. I'm human. Uh, what kind of fucked up psychological shit is this going to do to the little blue dragon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's only power and release in death. Every existence yes. is a curse. <laughs> also, like, I don't know if we've got... There's not... I mean, he really got a raw end of the deal because, like... There hasn't really been a drawback to Gija's power, has there? That we know of? I don't think so. Whereas, like, this is so horrible for them. They're ostracized because people can't look at them. And then they also can get paralyzed themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, my God. Well, yeah, so along the same lines, Gija's power is semi-finite. Because at the end of that last fight... He kind of worked himself too hard and got faint. Yeah. So yeah. he can't. Well, I, mean, I guess that... if, you, if you use it too much, you can get exhausted. But I guess it's not yeah. in the same way as like if he claws people, he feels the claws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this is straight up a kickback. Yeah. Uh, which which is another common trope in magical universes. Uh, I know that was a thing in Holly Black's Curse Worker series. Like, for example, there are, like, there there are different types of workers. And, like, one of them, you, you can basically break bones or, like, sh you know, shift body parts, that sort of thing. But the kickback is, like, a lot of them have, like, missing fingers or that sort of thing. Because, like, again, there's, like, a kickback where, you know, what you do unto others is done unto you sort of thing, which is also a common thing in some religions, um, like threefold law and paganism, for example, uh, the idea that uh, something that you do to others will come back to you three times as much. But yeah, I don't think Gija has that quite, I, I mean, because anybody, I feel like, can overexert themselves. But yeah, the poor LBD straight up just, like, 
I hit them, I'm going to hit myself too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Anybody can exhaust themselves because Hawk does the same fucking thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Poor LBD. Really got the raw end of the stick here. Yeah. Um, in the saddest fucking panels on the planet, we see the origin of his bells, which LBD just thought were kind of neat. And Al says, that's a good idea. I don't need to see what, to know where you are. And then Owl cries and says, I'm so sorry for leaving you alone. And then he dies. Mm -hmm. He just falls over and lays face down. And LBD is left there. And he thinks, come on, Owl. Let's talk about something else. But I'm stupid, so I don't know what to say. So say something, Owl. Please, Owl, let me hear your voice. Mm. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's what got to me. I teared up. I, I got a little misty there. So LVD overhears some villagers talking about Al dying. They say, I hear that when a new blue dragon is born, the old one loses his strength and dies slowly. And according to them, Owl lasted longer than most. LVD jostles his bells, remembering what Al said about not needing to know where he was and thinks I'm right here because Al was not coming back for him and none of the villagers are paying him any mind. They're just being cruel right next to him. So like, it's kind of a double meaning of I'm right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sits there crying, but he doesn't get to cry for long because soldiers approach the village. He figures the men who attacked Owl at least one of the times, they might be coming back at their time, uh, have told the Earth Tribe army that they were here. He knows he's not good enough with a sword to take them all down and worries what will happen if they find out who he is and who the village has been hiding this whole time. He thinks, everyone is scared of me and the village is in danger because I have this power. It's a curse, but even if it is, Ao defended this village. So he runs off to go defend it as well in Ao's wake. The next panel shows a handful of villagers, shocked and horrified to discover a whole pile of soldiers laying face down in a field. Among them is LBD. The last line of the chapter is, I'm sorry, Ao, this power really shouldn't be used. Mm-hmm. It's a cool panel. Like, speaking of horror, just cutting to people face down in a field. Among them a child? Yeah! Who caused this all? The child who, like, quote-unquote murdered everybody? Because you know that's what the villagers think. They're like, this is a cursed child. He's fucking terrifying. And then they show up and a bunch of, like, corpses in the field. They're probably fine and they'll wake up later. But, like, you never know. (laughs) You never know. And, like, holy shit. And just... Also tragic, the idea that this four-year-old thinks that's all he has to, like, a four-year-old as a protector is, mm-hmm. uh, he's a little child soldier. Oh, child soldier, yeah, he is, I guess. Uh, yeah, these villagers should be ashamed of themselves, and I want them to let me catch them in the streets. So, yeah, I've, I've already adopted feral boy. I've been excited for him, but now, but yeah, now that I know that his backstory is so fucking tragic, I have no choice but to stand. (laughs) I will love you harder. (laughs) Yeah. Also, also, so is the squirrel named after him? His mentor? Uh, We'll get that story later. I only mentioned. I'm assuming the squirrel's name is Owl because I don't want to (sighs) say. Okay. Don't look at me, but (laughs) 
they sort of rename her Pukyu because of the noise that she makes, but I don't want to yeah. say that ever. <laughs> I'm not brave enough. Monica Rial can probably handle that for me. So I call yeah. her out. She has two names and we'll get to it. They they like have a whole scene about <laughs> her name. So I don't want to get Yeah. Them. Like that. Well, well, I think that's what I saw cuz that's why they think the squirrel taught him how to fight. <laughs> okay, cuz her name is Al. Uh, yeah. And I don't yeah, I don't know that the blue dragon ever mentions his like old mentor by name. So nobody actually knows who Al is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good joke. Okay. Uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with the plot, so I'm just going to reblog it to her Tumblr, but I'll send it to you later. Because, like, her face <laughs> makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> <laughs> now, I saw you reblogged it not long ago. It's, a, it's in my stuff to okay. reblog. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you found it. I was going to send it to you once we got there, but <laughs> this is good enough. <laughs> yeah, I still say Al with her sword would make an excellent tattoo. <laughs> Um, and then at the very end of this chapter, we get a little mini comic with Hawk, Suwon, and Mudok. It's very cute. Yeah, I like that she acknowledges. It's like, you haven't seen Suwon in a while. Here he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, long time no see. And I immediately thought, yes, it has been. I miss you. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She knows. She gets it. And that is the end of our chapters. Did I miss anything? Do you want to talk about anything else? Nope. I think that's everything. Oh, I did note that when Al, the original, is yelling at LBD when he's a child, at one point he punches a wall, which I thought was a very toxic teenage boy of him. Men (laughs) and not knowing how to express their anger. Yeah, that's true. But also, to be fair, he doesn't have any friends or other human beings around to model proper behavior. This is true. But you're right. That is pretty fucking toxic. (laughs) 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 You should regulate your anger and figure out better outlets. This is not to be judgy. I also have issues with emotional regulation that I have recently discovered are part of ADHD. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I was such a, like, hellion as a child who couldn't figure out how to be mad and, like, completely break down. Would have helped if I had had a diagnosis. But instead, I learned to hate myself. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he doesn't have great coping skills. How old do you think Al is? Because you said it was a teenage boy way to express rage. I assumed that he was 40s or 50s. Honestly, I I mean, he looks younger. I I figure that was just like a dragon thing. I I mean, I'd assumed also that he'd lived a while. Because I'm assuming there's quite a time period between dragons. So I had assumed yeah. he lived a pretty full life and just kind of chalked up any young 20s looks to, to having supernatural powers. Yeah. Also, I might have aged him up just because his uh, voice actor was very, like, gruff. That's true. Although that's not always the case. I mean, my boy Koga and then Yuasha also had a very growly, <laughs> gruff voice. And was young-ish for demon standards. Are you second-guessing yourself because I'm writing things? No, I'm just, I'm just, 
you're working it out. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't influencing you. No, no, no. This isn't like Falcon and the Winter Soldier where he's like, really? You're doing the notepad thing? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, probably a full life, but maybe because of his voice actor. <laughs> yeah. Do we get to find out? Who his voice actor is? Yes. Well, I was going to ask, do we get to find out how old he is? But no, let's segue into voice actors. Uh, more or less, we get to figure out. We don't, like, pinpoint Al's age, but um, we can figure it out. That was not an answer. <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> I guess that's my answer. <laughs> uh, but Al is voiced by Chris Rager who was Zompano in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Mr. Satan in Dragon Ball. Which wow. I, I wanted to know if you knew who that was. because his name is No, Mr. but Satan. I wish I did. <laughs> Googling immediately. As you should. Um, yeah, so those are the only things that I haven't seen him in. He hasn't been in anything that we've really watched. Uh, and then going down the line, how the little tiny animal is voiced by Monica Rial, who is also Yona. So I thought that was cute. Cute. There is only one other named character from the village, and his name is Daysut. And I don't recognize that. Oh, name, I, I do know Mr. Satan. Okay, I only knew him <laughs> by his first name. I only knew him by his first name, which is Hercule. Okay, so you're on first name basis with Satan. <laughs> no, they called him Hercule, at least in the dub that I watched. I think he's like a wrestler dude. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. If it was the dub you watched, I bet they were like, American kids can't run around calling out Mr. Satan. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're a puritanical country. Yes. That oh, makes sense. Yes, he is the World Martial Arts Champion and the Earth's Protector. Apparently his real name is Mark. <laughs> <laughs> or Maku. My name is Mark, but you can call me Mr. Satan. You know Mr. Hercule Satan. Yeah. This is like, this is gonna give me so many bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Mark. Really, though? Because that's how I... The only memory I have of him is, like, a girl being like, Oh, Hercule! So, like, he did get bitches. Even oh, though he was not attractive. <laughs> he was a white dude with... What do you call those mustaches? Not handlebars, but they're, like, up and down. You know what I'm talking about? Or they're to the side and then straight down. The Fu Manchu? Yeah! And then an <laughs> afro. But he was, like, white-looking. Oh, my God. I don't like that. You gotta take that yeah. back. <laughs> I don't wanna look so, at yeah, that anymore. So, we've, yeah, we've run the whole gamut of feelings from you as far <laughs> <laughs> as what you can feel for Mr. Satan. Or Hercule, <laughs> if you're me. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it. But I'm glad you looked him up because I was very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to help. Yeah, so there's only one named character from one of the villagers, and his name is Daysut, which I don't think was ever mentioned in the anime or the manga. So okay. I 
don't know who it is. I don't know. It, it could either be the main village dude who says don't wander off, or it could be the guy dragging Yona down to the depths of wherever they were. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm going to guess it's the main village dude. And he is voiced by Brad Venable in this episode, who was also like Chris Rager in very little that we've seen. He did Dragon Ball Z and Terror and Resonance, which I've seen, but don't really remember. Uh, and then sadly, he passed away this year. Oh, RP. Yeah. Um, the Little Blue Dragon, LBD, is voiced by Brittany Karbowski, who was a few voices in Ghost Stories. Salim Bradley in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and the brother's girlfriend in Garden of Words. Also, she was in something called Cat Planet Cuties, which I uh, <laughs> wrote. I'm not going to look it up, but I hope it's not horny. And then I couldn't resist, and I did look it up, and I still don't know if it's horny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not either, because I just want it to be a really cute cat show. <laughs> Okay, until proven otherwise, and we will never prove it because we will never watch it. It's cute and not horny. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, we get some voiceover by our older blue dragon. So we get a hint of him, even though he doesn't speak in the present. But it is Eric Vale, who was Yuki in Fruits Basket. And I wrote, Yuki, my love, I'm sorry about your haircut. (laughs) 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 It's a bad haircut. And he was also Future Trunks in Dragon Ball. Okay. Yeah. Trunks is one of the ones I am familiar with. I am actually familiar with him, too, because I was talking with uh, Kerrigan's boyfriend about Sailor Moon and I was talking about Chibiusa, and he was like, Chibiusa! That's right. We've talked about, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. They have the same exact backstory. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think I might have cut that out. So, surprise again. <laughs> they do have the um, so, yeah, he's the only one in Dragon Ball I know. <laughs> yeah. Also, fun fact um, our friend Tim, I didn't notice this the first time. Alex and I sometimes have house sat or dog sat for them. Uh, and I did notice, but there there were some like elephants around. So elephants are apparently Tim's thing, and the one at the end of the holiday, uh, the end of the hallway is named Trunks. And I asked him, is he named after the Dragon Ball character? And he was. <laughs> That's a perfect name for an elephant. Yes, and it's a it's a great way to like slide nerdery under the radar because otherwise you're like, oh yeah, that's a typical elephant name, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> But stealthily, you love to see it. Okay, so back to it. Eric Vale, he was also Kimberly in FMA and FMAB, and he was also Izana in Snow White with the red hair. And I'm gonna say that I love shipping problematic shit because I will ship sure you can with just about anybody but i am particularly also intrigued and there's not enough content for them i've seen like two fix for them but <laughs> with her and isana which is super problematic because that's zen's older brother who is like the boyfriend slash like shiryuki's actual love interest <laughs> and isana mm-hmm. comes in and just like fucks with everybody's plans and is kind of like an ice prince and he's like oh my way or the highway and he like manipulates people and so I, I like the idea of her coming in and just being guileless and happy and being like, oh, but you're going to like me. And he's like, I mean, probably, I guess. 
I find it intriguing. I don't hate Shiryuki and Zen. I just think other ones... I think they're boring. Yeah, I get that. (sighs) It's my thing with the first lead syndrome, where, like, the first lead will always get the girl, and a lot of times I don't buy it. Sometimes I do, though. Like, they're fine, they're cute, and they're actually, like, cuter and better than most shoujo couples that I've ever read, but... Yeah, there are very few instances, I think, that I like the, like, first guy better. And poor mm-hmm. Zen, he just doesn't do it for me. R.I.P. But that's going to be Endgame, so what the fuck do I know? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Eric Vale, he was Izana. Uh, and I think that's it for voice actors. Oh, yeah, I wanted to bring up, you mentioned uh, when when they were snooping, Hawk just wants to look in pots, and I love the little added detail in the anime that um, when they're hanging out while Yoon is trying to map out places and they get to the dead end, he sits down and immediately looks in a pot and then is disappointed that nothing's in there. Oh, that's perfect. I missed that. I did appreciate um, in the anime uh, Geisha's extended freak out at Hawk. Uh, in the back, <laughs> largely in the background, and again, Yoon once more just like ignoring them because he doesn't have time for their bullshit. That's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Oh, I I also love when Yona gets reunited with them. Yoon elbows Hawk out of the way, even though <laughs> even though Hawk was like drastically hurt in the last episode. And Yoon is like, he's still recovering from his injuries and he's still like, his titties are all wrapped up. And Yoon immediately like gives him an elbow to the ribs and he's like, I don't care. I will maim you again. I'll fix you later. But like right now, you can yeah. get out of my way. <laughs> just so he can bitch at Yoda. <laughs> just amazing. Exactly. Like, this is more important. <laughs> I thought it was a delightful thing. Um, and then my final note is, oh, I would like to brush your hair and feel your arms. I'm free on Tuesday if you're free to hang out when I'm free on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably braid his hair, which would be fun. Mm-hmm. You could probably braid like little strands and pull it back in like a half updo. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. I think I have like teenage sleepover syndrome where I just aggressively want to like braid people's hair. (laughs) That's really funny because we did not do that when we lived together. We lived in like a permanent sleepover situation for three years. (laughs) Well, also I got used to drink wine. Yeah. Well, I also got used to never touching your hair because you were very tender headed. Oh, that's kind. Thank you. I am. I don't know if that's true anymore. I haven't had people touch my hair in like 10 years, but I used to like cry when I went to the the salon to get my hair cut. It was terrible. Um, I recall that. In a while. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not tender headed at all. And I, you know, sometimes they'll really be getting in the, and they're like scared. They're like, am I hurting you? I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. So, so yeah, it's never been a problem. Back. Damn. Well, yeah, couldn't be me. Sorry, you couldn't braid my hair. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, maybe I can braid Al's hair.
Yeah. I bet he'd be like gruff about it too. He'd be like, no. And then he'd sit in front of you and quietly let you do it. Like reaching his perfect a little blue dragon. <laughs> Are we making Al X Reader fan fiction right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Five times Al didn't admit that he wanted something, and one time he did. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Um, Anything else from the anime, or are we doing reviews? Let's do reviews. Reviews! Okay. Um, There is someone who's doing first time uh, a watch. I prefer to go for the thread that does a rewatch. First time watchers are sometimes interesting, but then the rewatch threads always have a mix of first time watchers and rewatchers, which is always even, I don't know. I think it's more interesting. So this person, this is FA1L3R, which I think I mentioned last week. Um, (laughs) They say, I feel like Yona should understand the significance behind saying I want you to a straight boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, she had a problem with Yona going off uh, to find Owl in the darkness and just, like, wandering off from her group. She was like, I guess it makes sense with her character, but also it feels contrived to get her alone. I did not have that problem. I didn't either. Again, she's she's young and sheltered and naive. And despite the betrayal of Suwan, has more or less been, you know, treated with kindness by the strangers that she's met thus far since then. So that's actually true. She yeah. Have? Yeah. So what reason does she have to be thinking that she's in danger? Yeah. People have been super nice to her. And also she is sheltered and she hasn't seen the movies that we have. So like we know that this is a classic trope where the the door, the hidden door or the, the hidden bookcase will open and then it'll shut and it'll trap them in and they'll be like, oh no, I don't know how to get back out. Like we've seen it since like the 30s, I want to mm-hmm. say. Um, but we've also seen like a shit ton of movies. So this is a cliche now. She's in like 1100s <laughs> Korea. Yeah. She probably My no girl is. My girl has no opportunity to be genre savvy. (laughs) Exactly. And also this isn't her normal genre. This is straight up horror. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that didn't bother me actually at all. And I thought it was a fun moment. Mostly because she called out for Hawk and I'm trashed. I'm like, oh, (laughs) she trusts him. Uh, And also... Bizarrely enough, they immediately clock and get Gija's backstory. They're like, I think this is hinting that Gija, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, holy shit, you're exactly right. How the fuck did you get that? (laughs) So that was surprising. But apparently you can pick it up if you're looking for it here. Okay. Let's see what else. Someone uh, a week or two ago said that they didn't think all the dragons would just fall in line and that they're glad that we get something radically different from the previous arc, which I think is a fair point and pretty interesting to be yeah. like, not everybody's just going to, you know, decide to take up with her. It's going to be kind of a struggle, which is good because if everybody was as easy as Geisha, like, I feel like there would be no story. <laughs> They'd get boring. Yeah, really, really fast. Boring. Yeah. 
Oh, and then other people were talking about the fact that this is the one of the weakest episodes because it relies so much on exposition. And quite a few people brought this up where they're like, you're there. It's, it's doing a lot of telling that it's different than the white dragons village and not a lot of like showing. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I mean, I feel like we're shown pretty thoroughly that LBD's had a really tough life. I mean, kids are running away from him. He has no friends bandits sh- or marauders show up to try and like enslave and sell him like i think it's shown <laughs> pretty well but what do i know yeah i know i i i think it's shown too i don't really get why that is necessarily like telling it's not them saying like my life has been really hard <laughs> i mm-hmm. had to go through struggles uh i think it does a good job of of creating an ambiance um, so cool. I think we disagree with, <laughs> with that. But uh, people don't like that it was so ex- ex- positioning. Exposition. I kept trying to say exhibition. <laughs> like, no, that's not the word. Brain. You give me back my brain cells. <sighs> um, yes, it was pretty exposition heavy, but I feel like everybody is. Like, everybody gets the same spotlight. Well, Deja hasn't yet. But his background is in an OVA. So we get it eventually. But everybody gets this, like, really long, intricate look at their histories. And it helps us as readers get to know them better. And helps us understand how they fit into the group. So, I mean, we saw it with, like, Hawk and Yona both got those first, what was it, chapters three and four, I think. I know three, four, and five were all wrapped to- together, but I think only three and four were were flashbacks. But they each get their like whole chapters of like their histories together and their history with Suwon. So I didn't really have a problem with him having a huge chunk of the season and the whole chapter dedicated to his background. Cool. Okay. Um, And then someone else says, we have a new main character. I'm talking about the squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) That was cute. Fair. Yeah. She steals the show. She's a good little lady. And that is it. So, final final thoughts, final predictions. What happens from here on out? Um, I do want to know. I cannot remember who was right because I can't remember what what power I, subs- I I gave to the dragon when Press and I were doing predictions last week. So, who won? it me or press one of us said eyes i believe you said eyes because i think you held on to that you you said eyes for a couple weeks okay cool i don't remember what press said i don't think i let i don't think i took notes sorry Uh, well i just i just know that he didn't say what i said so i win god bless um so further (laughs) prediction yeah 
for the predictions next chapter we're just going to get them meeting up with lbd hopefully getting his name um getting him to sort of join the group uh i feel like will be the focus of the next couple chapters and i don't know how long it's going to take for us to get to the next dragon but i'm going to assume that our next one will be legs that can leap high into the air okay uh do you want to stake an idea on what color he is associated with uh what colors do we have left we've got yellow and green um yellow cool we'll see in an undetermined amount of time later who we get next okay so i think that brings us to the end so thank you for joining us and we will see you next week bye